Listeners listen via iTunes subscription, so I just want to say thank you for listening and joining me every single week. And for those of you that do that, you can help me out by leaving a review, giving us a five-star rating, help us extend our reach in that capacity. So for those of you that are watching live right now, if you do subscribe via iTunes, that would help us out greatly as well. If you would take just a moment to go give us a rating and help us extend our reach, because 41 Strong is a podcast to deliver encouraging scriptures and stories to help people like you Hold on and stand strong. We know that life is not easy. There are challenges and storms and battles to be fought, battles to be won. So my prayer today is that you will be encouraged, that you will receive a ray of hope from from the scriptures. I'm going to pray at the end of this podcast, and I know that God's going to grab a hold of your heart and help you get through whatever season you are in, whether that is a season of struggle, of sorrow, of sadness, whatever it may be, we believe that 41 will come. And for those of you that are new listeners or subscribers, and you might be wondering, what's the deal with the number 41? Then I'm going to just tell you, go to my website, chuckytate.com, that's chuckytate.com, and click on 41 will come and you will receive all the information that you need. All right, enough of an intro. We're going to get right into our subject today. It's episode 102. We've been doing this a while. Episode 102, and the subject today, our title is Lit Up, all right? It's Lit Up. That's what we're going to talk about. And I know that has multiple meanings, especially in today's culture. That phrase, lit, it means something different 20, 30 years ago. But today, there's a a number of meanings, and we're going to unpack at least three of those in just a moment. But to kick things off, I want to go straight to the Word of God. I want to go to Genesis chapter 1. So um, I want you just to close your eyes for a moment, all right? Unless you're driving. If you're driving, please For the love of God, keep your eyes open, all right? But if you're not driving and you are able to close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes while I read these two verses to you, and then I will tell you to open your eyes, all right? Here we go, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. You can open your eyes. He said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, he called the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Here's the deal. God is light. And wherever you're at right now, just go ahead and say that out loud right now. Say, God is light. So we're going to talk today about getting lit 
up. All right, and I just mentioned a few moments ago that word lit means something different today. So I'm going to give you some definitions right now. All right, here we go. The first definition, and we're, I'm going to go to the, the Urban Dictionary for this, all right? The Urban Dictionary. And I'm going to share three definitions. The first one, it means when something is turned up or popping, all right? So if it's turned up, if it's popping, if it's loud, then it is lit. And I shared this past weekend at our church right after our band walked off the stage and ripped through an incredible four-song set, all right? Worship was lit up. And I'm going to stop there just for a moment and just clarify that I know that worship is so much more than just four songs before a sermon, all right? Worship for every believer, it's a lifestyle, and one of our hashtags that we use frequently at Rock Church, the church that I lead, is full volume worship. Yes, it is loud. And yes, that's why we have earplug dispensers in our lobby. But it's so much more than that. Romans chapter 12 in the message, the Apostle Paul said this. Take your everyday life, you're eating, you're sleeping, you're going around life, and place it before God as an offering. That is an act of worship. So we're called to worship God, not just with our mouth, not just by singing four songs before a sermon, but we're called to worship God by how we live. Our entire life is an act of worship. So we want to live at full volume, full volume worship, worshiping God. And we know, according to the Urban Dictionary, to be lit up means, all right, something is lit if it is loud, if it is turned all the way up. And it's popping. So we want our very life to be lit, all right? Not just our worship service. We want our life just to, just to be lit up, all right? That's the first definition, all right? Something turned up or popping. Now, the second definition, according to the Urban Dictionary, of lit is something that is unbelievably amazing, all right? Uh, and this is why almost every week we gather together as a community of believers in, in our church. Man, it's lit every week. Why? Because the presence of God is in that place. And when you play and you worship and you lift your hands, the scriptures tells us that worship ushers in the presence of God. And the scripture also says that in his presence, there is a fullness of joy. What's that mean? Man, it's lit, right? When you gather together, with another community, with a community of believers, and you worship, regardless of your denomination, your affiliation, if it's all about Jesus and you're worshiping Jesus, then it is amazing, right? It's lit. And if you don't go to a church, all right, that is that is celebrating Jesus, that is alive, where you can laugh and you can worship and you can receive and you leave feeling better about yourself when you exit the building, all right? If you don't experience any of that, then get into a different church, man, because I believe every church service should be lit. It should be unbelievably amazing. It should be turned up. It should be popping, right? I mean, the world, they're out there clubbing. They're out there having a good time. I mean, they're really getting lit. We need to lead the way. Why? Because God is light, and Jesus is the light of the world. And guess what? If you're following Jesus, he said you're the light of the world. And I'm going to unpack those scriptures in just a moment. Before I do, let's go to the third definition according to the Urban Dictionary. All right? The, the third definition of lit is to be so intoxicated that all you can do 
is smile. All right, now that, that's definitely the world's definition. A lot of times, if you're scrolling Instagram and people are talking about being in the clubs and getting lit, that's what they're referring to. They're referring to being so intoxicated that all they can do is smile. All right, so how can we relate this to the church? Okay, here's the deal. Man, we're called to be intoxicated, not just with alcohol. All right, in fact, Scripture is very clear that you're not supposed to be drunk. So if you're getting intoxicated and you're, and you're drunk and you're hanging out every weekend and getting blasted with alcohol or other substances, all right, and you're following Jesus, knock it off, okay? God wants you to get lit a different way. And we can find out this way in Acts chapter 2. This is how the church began, all right? After Jesus rose, uh, raised himself from the dead, after he came out of the grave, he appeared to his disciples for, for 40 days and to other eyewitnesses. He commissioned them to preach the gospel. And then here's what he told them. You need the Holy Spirit so you can receive power to be my witnesses. So I'm not going to ask you to do something without equipping you. So he said, I want you to gather together and wait for the Holy Spirit. So the disciples and others, 120 people, Acts chapter 2 tells us, they were in an upper room gathered together waiting for what Jesus had promised. And then the Holy Spirit showed up in a powerful way. The scripture tells us that tongues of fire rested upon their heads, all right? And they began to speak in tongues. They began to speak in other languages. And people began to hear the gospel being preached in their own native tongue, all right? That room was lit, okay? So much so that everyone on the outside thought they were intoxicated with alcohol. Peter stood up to preach and said, here, here's the deal. We're drunk, not as you suppose, because it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. All right? He says, this, this isn't intoxication by alcohol. This is that which was prophesied. This is what Jesus promised. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will get lit up to be my witnesses, to go in the world and preach the gospel. And that's what Peter did. The same Peter that denied Jesus the night Jesus was arrested, the same, G, the same Peter that followed Jesus from a distance, the same Peter that cussed out a little girl for trying to associate him with Jesus. He was so worried about getting arrested himself that he denied Christ. That same Peter, after seeing Jesus raised from the dead and after receiving the power of the Holy Spirit, he got up with boldness preached a message, and 3,000 people got saved. That, my friends, is how the church began. It began as a result of a disciple being lit up with the power of God, with the Spirit of God. More than 2,000 years later, the church is still lit. We're still on fire. You can't stop it. Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. That's the kind of lit that we need to be. We need to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've confessed him, then he is inside of you. In fact, the scripture says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in you. What's that mean? We're lit. All right? 
we're lit. Now, that's the kind of lit that we need to be. In fact, one of my great friends, our executive pastor at our church, Chris Pappasis, he said, I didn't quit drinking after I came to Christ. I just changed bartenders. All right? He's not drinking alcohol. He's got a new bartender. He's lit up with the Spirit of God. All right? Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to drink. I choose not to. All right? But I am saying what the Scripture says it is sin to be drunk. So don't do that. Let's get lit up by the Spirit of God because here's what Jesus said. Let's go to the Word, right? Weigh everything against the Word. John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. All right, again, we're talking about being lit. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, then you won't have to walk in darkness because you'll have the light that leads to life. There are a lot of people, maybe even some watching or listening to this today, without Christ, you're living in darkness. And there's a lot of people in this world right now who are blind. I asked you to close your eyes earlier. How fun was that? It's, it's not fun to not be able to see, right? And Jesus says, spiritually speaking, there's a lot of people that are living their life in darkness. He's the light of the world, so we need to choose him so we can receive light, so we can be lit up. Then he said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, addressing his followers. He said, you are the light of the world. He said, I'm the light of the world, but if you choose me, then guess what? You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. He said, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. How ridiculous is that? Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. If you're driving somewhere in the middle of the night and you're out in the middle of a country, and it's, it's, it's dark. But when you come to a major metropolitan area, when you start coming to the city, it, it's lit up. You can see it from a distance. And Jesus said that's how we need to live. If we're following him, his light is inside of us. So we need to live a lit up lifestyle so we can lead people out of darkness into life. Don't hide that light. Stay lit. Don't just be lit, but stay lit because people need to have their eyes opened so they can See and respond and receive the good news of Jesus so they can live a lit up lifestyle. I mean, go back to when you were a kid. You remember as a kid laying in bed all by yourself, the lights off, waking up in the middle of the night and it's pitch black and then your brain says to you, Hey, you know what we haven't thought of in a while? Monsters, right? What'd you have to do? You had to turn on a light, right? Because you were freaked out. I mean, some of you, today, you got to sleep with the light on. Darkness is scary. In fact, darkness in Scripture is associated with evil. The devil is called the prince of darkness, we know that darkness is linked to fear, and fear is not of God. Fear is a spirit. We know that darkness is a spirit. What's that mean? We need to stay lit, all right? The Holy Spirit's inside of us. Light dispels darkness. Light illuminates everything within its path. Light brings clarity. Light brings life. Light exposes sin. Light reveals hope. We need to be lit. Amen? Acts chapter 26. Let me read this to you. Acts chapter 26, 
in verse 17, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, just so you know, Jesus says, I will rescue you from the persecution of your own people and from the hostility of the other nations that I will send you, and you will open their eyes, all right, from darkness to light, right? All right, you will open their eyes to their true condition, like his light, man, it, light reveals our blind spots, doesn't it? So that they may turn from darkness to the light and from the power of Satan, which is associated with darkness, right? The power of Satan to the power of God. By placing their faith in me, they will receive the total forgiveness of sins and be made holy, taking hold of the inheritance that I give to my children. God does not intend for you to live in darkness. He does not intend for anyone to live in darkness. So we need to get lit up so people will want the light that we have so their blindness can cease, right? So their spiritual eyes can be opened to the truth of the gospel. Why? So they can receive the forgiveness of sins. Because without forgiveness, the enemy will weigh you down with darkness. He will weigh you down with guilt and shame and get to you a place of, of depression where you're in the fetal position. The only way to get out of that, right, is to have God light you up with his spirit. Isaiah chapter 58, let me read this. It says, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. He says, I, I desire to free those who are wrongly imprisoned, to, to, to lighten the burden of those who work for you, to let the oppressed go free, to remove the chains that, that, that bind people. Here's how we do it. Share food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to need them. And then it says this. I find this funny, right? Don't hide from relatives who need your help. <laughs> We've all been guilty of that, right? Especially if you own a truck. If you own a pickup truck, I know you've hid from people. Man, you have hid from relatives. As soon as you see that post on Facebook, hey, I'm moving this weekend. I need somebody with the truck. You know, you log off. You don't want them to even see that you're online, right? You're like, man, I'm out. Close the curtains. Get down. Hide behind the couch. I'm not helping, right? We don't want to hide from people who need help. The easiest way for you to shine your light on somebody who's spiritually blind is to meet a need. Find a need, meet that need. Pour into them, feed them, clothe them, help them. And I'm preaching to myself. I've got to be willing to do this too. You know, I, I read a, a book recently called Own the Moment by Carl Lentz. He's the pastor of Hillsong Church in New York City. And, and he shared about going into a 7-Eleven and needing to take time for this dude in there to just just short conversation. Sometimes we get in a hurry that we might miss an opportunity to shine our light onto somebody. And I'm I'm guilty of that too. Sometimes, man, when I when I'm running into into Kroger, the grocery store, there are times where my wife tells me, Hey, I know you're a pastor. I know you love people like I do, but we're on a deadline, just get in and get out. Don't talk to 100 people. Just get in and, and get out because I have a tendency to, man, just hang out with 
people at Kroger, right? And uh, man, next thing you know, I'm doing a wedding. True story, right? Happened recently. Getting ready to do a wedding because of a conversation I have with somebody in Kroger. But anyway, so my wife, she calls me Chatty Chucky. And here I am doing this podcast, just me, no interviews, no no, no guests today, just me chatting, all right, for, for 29 minutes. So she like, don't be Chatty Chucky, just get in, get out. But there's times we got to own a moment. We have to be willing to open up our mouth and take time for people. So Carl Lentz, shared the story of being in a 7-Eleven, and he just invited this guy to church. Felt like he was supposed to. He was in a hurry, wanted to get in and out, but he stopped long enough to look somebody in the eye to let them know that they matter, and he said, you need to come to my church. He didn't tell him he was the pastor, and this guy that he was speaking to said, man, church isn't for me. And he said, well, good news, because the church that I go to, everybody says the same thing. Church isn't for me. So it's a church that was created for people that don't like church. So you need to come to my church. I'm going to give you my phone number. You call me, and I will save you a seat on the front row. All right? So this guy called him. So Carl Lentz saved him a seat on the front row. Worship was lit, man. It was popping. It was unbelievably amazing. The Spirit of God was moving. We're talking a big, mega church, Hillsong church, right? And this guy had no idea that the man that he was sitting with in church was the pastor. So all throughout the worship, this guy is having his eyes open to what church can look like, right? And then when worship was over, Carl looked at him and said, hey, stay right here. Um, I'll be right back. And the guy's like, okay. Well, then he went up on the stage and took the microphone to preach. And Carl said, you should have seen that dude's eyes just light up. Like, oh my gosh, I was sitting with the pastor. Here's what's so cool about the story. That man gave his life to Christ. He had his spiritual eyes open. He got lit up with the Spirit of God that day. The story doesn't end there. Later in the week, he called Carl and said, hey, I told my wife about this. and She wants to experience it. Can she come? He's like, you don't got to ask me. Bring her. So we'll save her seat on the front row. So that week he came. Carl saved a seat for them on the front row. She experienced what her husband did. And guess what? She gave her life to Christ. Her spiritual eyes were open. She got lit up with the Spirit of God. Story doesn't end there. He called him a few days later and said, hey, pastor, you know, my wife and I, we told our son, about what happened. We told our son what we've experienced, and we want him to experience what we've experienced. Can we bring our son? And Carl's like, quit asking me if you can bring people. Bring anybody you want. I'll save you a seat on the front row. So guess what? They brought his son. He sat on the front row. He responded to the gospel. He had his spiritual, spiritual eyes open. He gave his life to Christ, got lit up with the Spirit of God, and this kept continuing. And now, Carl said, when he's up there preaching and he looks out, there are two rows filled with people from one guy at 7-Eleven. The title of his chapter is, I thank God for 7-Eleven. Are we willing to slow down to meet a need, like Isaiah says, to help those who need help, to share our food, to give shelter, to provide clothes? Are we willing to let our light shine? We need to stay lit so other people can experience the light that leads to life and the forgiveness of sins that we've experienced. Let me keep reading this. Verse 8 says, when this happens, your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. 
talking about being lit, getting lit, staying lit. Then you will call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here, he will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression, stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors, all right? Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then, he says, your light, your light that you have. Jesus is the light of the world. And because we have Jesus, he told us in Matthew, we're the light of the world. And this scripture says that when we find a need and we meet a need, your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. We have a responsibility as Christians, as followers of Jesus, let our light shine, to stay lit. So people can have their darkness exposed and they can experience the same light that we've experienced. We have a responsibility to take the love of Jesus with us everywhere we go, to look at people through the eyes of Jesus everywhere we go so we can impact the world with the gospel. And I have a new friend that I just met last week. I interviewed her for an article I had to write for a magazine. Her name is Diane Studer, and she runs an organization called soulsforjesus.org. I encourage you to go check it out. Souls, S-O-L-E-S, as in shoes, soulsforjesus.org. In the fall of 2009, she found herself in a village in Ethiopia as a neighborhood soccer mom on a mission trip with the church. And in this hut that belonged to a pastor, she noticed that nobody in the hut had shoes. And in that moment, she got lit up with a vision. And that vision was to provide shoes for the people of Africa. And that's a huge vision, right? And not only did God light her up with the vision, but God deposited the name in her spirit. And in that moment, in that hut, she even got the name Souls for Jesus. She also received the foundational scripture while standing there in that hut, Matthew 25, where Jesus said, if you've done it unto the least of these, then you've done it unto me. Not only did she get lit up, she was fired up to get back home to share this new vision with her husband. So she did. He purchased the website, URL, soulsforjesus.org, that just so happened to be available. And in January of 2010, their website went live. And after it went live, shoes began to show up from everywhere, from the East Coast, from Arizona, on the West. I mean, shoes just started coming in. And then someone approached her and said, we're going to give you a warehouse. And not only that, we're going to give you office space. See, first comes the vision and then the provision. So when God gives you a vision, when he lights you up with a vision, and you step out in faith, he will send the provision that you need. So just, just remember that. That's exactly what he did for Diane. And Souls for Jesus launched. That was in 2010. Fast forward to the present. Every six weeks, Souls for Jesus ships 8,000 pairs of shoes to Africa. Since January of 2010, Souls for Jesus has provided more than 405,000 pairs of shoes 
for people in Africa. They provide shoes now every year to 18 countries in Africa. So I asked Diane, I said, I know you have, you got to have a lot of stories that have come as a result of this vision. Can, can you just share one with me? And she shared with me a story about a woman named Anna. Anna is 70 years old. She's from Mozambique. She still works in the field every day. And prior to this encounter that Diane had with her, she never owned a pair of shoes. And through an interpreter, she shared that her feet hurt because the ground is hot. What's so cool about Souls for Jesus, not only do they provide shoes, they work with local churches throughout these 18 countries in Africa. They work with local pastors. And before a recipient receives their shoes, they get their feet washed. Because Diane said that's what Jesus does for his best friends. That's what Jesus did for his best friends. So they get served. They get served by having their feet washed. They get a pair of shoes. Then they receive a little gospel booklet with the good news printed in their language. Back to this encounter that Diane had with 70-year-old Anna, who was about to receive her first pair of shoes ever. As Diane was washing Anna's feet, Anna was overwhelmed with emotion, and she began to weep, and she began to bow, and she began to speak passionately, and she was talking, and Diane had to call for an interpreter and said, hey, what, what's going on here? Obviously, she was being moved. She was crying, but Diane didn't understand what she was saying. What, what's she saying? And the interpreter said that she said these words, only a fool would say God does not exist because he has remembered me in my old age. Whew, that's powerful, isn't it? Not only did Anna receive new shoes that day, but she received a new heart because she gave her life to Jesus. That's being lit up. That's shining our light. Psalms 119, 105 says, your words a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. We need to stay in the word so we can stay lit, so we can see people turn from darkness to light. So today, as I close out this podcast, I want to pray for you. Maybe you feel like you're weighed down by depression, sitting in a place of darkness. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit's going to light you up right now. And maybe you're listening or watching this today, and you haven't experienced the light of Christ in your own life. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to him. The scripture says in Romans that if you confess Jesus with your mouth and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you'll be saved. And guess what? He'll light you up. So let me pray for you, all right? Father, right now, I just thank you for everybody that's watching and listening today. I just, first of all, I lift up anyone that's never said yes to you. I lift up that individual right now that's watching and listening that's never accepted you, never surrendered to you. Today, Jesus, we confess you with our mouth. Jesus, we believe in you. We believe that you died on the cross for us. We believe that you were raised from the dead. So today we put our hope, we put our trust in you, put our faith in you. We turn from our sin. Forgive us. 
We repent. We turn to you. So because of our confession and faith, we're saved. That means the Holy Spirit is now on the inside of us. We thank you, God, that we have been lit up. And I pray, Lord, that we will stay in that light, that we will let our light shine. And for those that are having a hard time shining their light because they feel like they're in a place of darkness because of depression or seasons of sorrow or sadness, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to light them up right now. We speak joy into the lives of every single person that's watching and listening today. God, your word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So I declare that we are strong. We choose joy. I just ask you, God, to light us up and help us. Give us the strength and the power and the resolve to stay lit. So we can see others have their spiritual eyes turn from darkness to light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, hey, I want to thank everybody for, for hanging out on Facebook Live. Thank you for those that are listening via iTunes and even those today that are watching live on Instagram. So so great to, to have you guys with us today. Again, for more information, go to ChuckETate.com, ChuckETate.com. This has been episode 102 of the 41 Strong Podcast. So for our producer, Mike Sable, I'm Chuck Tate. We will see you next week. God bless. PeoriaLife.com.